What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. Welcome to the Big Kahuna, the final episode before the Super Bowl, the Ringer Gambling Show Extravaganza with my good buddy Joe House, recording it two days before the Super Bowl, almost to the hour kicks off. Actually, no, I take that back. It's only 11.15. I thought I was thinking of 1 p.m. or uh, we got a 6.30 p.m. or East Coast time. House, I am so jacked up for the Super Bowl. I think this is going to be an epic game. Every passing day that goes by, I think the game is going to be better and better and better. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm really looking forward to talking shop with you, buddy. My man, it's so good to be here. Uh, somewhat bittersweet. Our, our 23rd week together, 23 straight weeks, we're out here rocking it, trying to serve the betting buddies with the best content, hashtag content available. I have to start with this. You are fresh off a red-eye flight, a return from the uh, site of of where all this is happening. You're just back from Arizona, and I have to ask you, did you get out? Did you rub shoulders? There's NFL celebrities galore. There's celebrity celebrities galore. There's a gigantic golf tournament happening. Let, let's let's hear a little bit about the experience. Yeah, I, I so I tried to steer clear of too much, too many of the festivities. Um, I got work to do. I got a couple early call times. In addition, I've got you know betting that I'm still working on. And Arizona is a legal state to bet in, whereas oh, yeah. unlike California, where last year's Super Bowl was, it was not. So that was a benefit. Um, so. I mean, I I just learned a power move. I'm probably going to do this every city that I go to in the future from here till the end of time house, if possible. And that is go on to Uber Eats and order up. You don't have to get the food. I did. I did. But let's first talk. Just get a a gallon of the unsweet tea from Chick-fil-A and have it sent to your room. And boom, you instantly have like access to a little bit of caffeine. Anytime you want it, you stick it in the refrigerator, you like rip out a shelf, you got to you got you stick it in there. Uh you got this gallon of tea and it's beautiful. And so I actually did that once a day that I was there. So I I had 2 gallons of unsweet tea. Now, in addition, 
I'm a I'm a glutton for some Chick-fil-A. So I ordered up uh, like 50 bucks worth of Chick-fil-A of food in addition to that. Um, and so I was just, you know, I was skipping some of the some of the festivities and just working and chowing down on my Chick-fil-A. Yeah, with that amount of of beverage and food, when did you leave your room? Why did you need sixty dollars worth of Chick-fil-A? Now, look, you're 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 talking to a a taste bud right here, a hungry homie. So nothing nothing makes me bat an eye when we're talking about sixty dollars worth of Chick-fil-A and a gallon full of drink. But that suggests that you are spending time where that food and drink is, as opposed to time outside of your room. Right. Well, that well, I was I was I was in my room working. Uh, eat, I, I do the, I do the spicy chicken sandwich. I do a 12 awesome. piece nugs. Awesome. I do, um, I do, uh, oh, a bunch of bottled waters. Cause sure, like, sure. I, I basically view this as like, cause my hotel, they have all this, like Arizona is a weird place, man. They have all these like weird boutique, boutique things out there. So it was like a boutique hotel. I tweeted out a picture. My hotel room actually had a record player in it. It had I a Steely this. Dan record. It awesome. had the Godfather original soundtrack. I put that on. It was insane. So I was like sitting there eating Chick-fil-A, working on like Super Bowl prop bets uh, with, with the go original Godfather soundtrack spinning on a vinyl record. Just like insane vibes that will never happen again in my life, certainly. So yeah, I, was, I wasn't leaving the room much, but I will say this, one disappointing factor. So obviously I was at Radio Row a lot on the, during the day, uh, doing interviews, asking people questions, fulfilling media obligations, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that I was very disappointed, one of my first moves anytime I go to the Super Bowl, and it has been this way after I learned it, like the first year I think of doing this, was um, go right away, Get your credentials, go right away. Ideally on the day that the uh, um, NFL shop is not open to fans. So it's only open to media and go there right away and select all the items that you want. Then take it to the FedEx place that's inside the stadium there, adjacent to the NFL shop and just have them throw it in a big box and ship it home. Like so that it's home on Friday so that the kids and everybody can open it before the game and get all their get all their goodies. This is my rant though. That this year, the worst NFL shop I have ever seen at a Super Bowl. Massively disappointing. Wow. It is, it is not unfamiliar to me to go in there and drop a couple dimes on sure. just merch. I'm wearing like a, well, like, a shirt that I have. Yeah, this, this one's got like the nice the zip. Look at this thing. on the back. I mean, this yeah. was this was uh I think it was L.A. It's got like the haute the, couture, haute couture sharpie. It was, it was. This is a great purchase. I loved it. My favorite one from last year's old school starter jacket. But uh, previously, like I was dropping dimes on in the NFL shop. I go there this year. Super disappointing. Um, mm. One of the main things, like, okay, this is the Rob Lowe NFL hat, right? It just says NFL. Like, you're rooting for the front. You're rooting for Roger Goodell himself. The shield. The shield. Okay? So. Ever since my first one, when I bought my kids, like, what is it, Super Bowl 55 or 54, just the jersey that has a five and a four on it, right? Like, it's like the standard Super Bowl jersey, and it's always in the designs and color schemes of the host city. So it's just kind of cool. They did not have that in kid sizes at all this year. It was only adult sizes, so I couldn't get them a Super Bowl five seven. And they love rocking Ooh. these things to school. Just kids nowadays, they love wearing jerseys at school. Uh who knew that that would be like so popular anymore. But anyway, 
So my buddy's got like a couple of his friend, my buddy, my son has a couple buddies of his that I had to get some jerseys for too. So as it turns out, all of them wanted um, Patrick Mahomes. They all wanted the patch. They, uh, they could have had a choice between Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, AJ Brown, or Travis Kelsey. Everybody wanted the the Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going there. I'm showing them on Facetime to my wife. They're 130 bucks a piece, like jerseys with the the logo on it. Yeah, man. She she's she goes on to Dick's Sporting Goods, and they're like a hundred dollars there. Like <laughs> the same exact thing. The whole point of getting this stuff from the Super Bowl is that it's unique that they don't sell yes. it else. 100 bucks saved you 30 bucks shipping was only 25 so i told her order those get them shipped to the house that's right that, we'll, we'll, we're not going to give roger goodell more money or you know at the <laughs> nfl shop so i still bought a bunch of footballs and merch and you know uh paid it's gonna arrive later today but very 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 disappointing um in terms of the nfl shop what wasn't disappointing though was my good buddy and yours winning coach of the year last night yeah, how about that? I mean, you know, you went back and and early January, first week of January, you're touting the attributes. You're like you're matching, putting all the guys up. The one thing I I will tell you, uh, and you made a very compelling case way back in in January, and here we are a month later. Uh, Dayball collects the hardware. Um, when when they went down the the listing of guys that collected votes, h- how can it be that Mike Tomlin didn't get one vote? Did anybody watch the Pittsburgh Steelers this effing season? He 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 his rookie quarterback didn't start games until halfway through the season. It was an amazing coaching job. That team once again Tomlin pulls out a winning season. Just unbelievable. He he is such a good coach. It's kind of like to me Andy Reid or even Kyle Shanahan. It's hard to really say like well, this year was massively better than any other year. Like every year, these guys are just elite coaches. But Tomlin, I agree, this year was something special. I'm shocked he didn't have a single vote, as you indicated. Um, but look, I'm 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 three for three. The last three years, uh, when I did so, uh, I did the preseason pick of Kevin Stefanski in the 2000 calendar year. Yeah. He won it. He was like 23 to one a, a before cash. the season started. Then last year. I forget what he was at when I recorded the video, but he was the third most likely guy, just like Dayball was, was uh, Mike Vrabel. And I recorded a video saying Mike Vrabel should win it. And then he moved up the betting board. I want to say he closes the favorite and then he won. And the same exact thing happened uh, with Dayball. But I had a, I had a couple uh, interesting FaceTimes and uh, I'll leave it at that. But, (laughs) but, um, well, yeah, I mean, man. you know, you, you and Dave all have a relationship that precedes this this moment here. I mean, you guys uh, connected someone who was with the Bills, and and so I, you know, he wanted to convey his his uh, appreciation for your support, but like he didn't have to do it from his bed. That's the only thing else. <laughs> I don't want to reveal too much information. I just want to make that observation. I mean, we'll leave the story as we'll keep it a short one like that. He is such a good dude. Um, so kind to so many different people, and. uh yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what happens with Mike Kafka on his staff, and yeah. I'm interested to see if he does end up getting a a job somewhere else, or if he gets a chance to return because he was a big part of that as well in terms of their success this year. So, is a couple couple really good dudes, um, Kafka and uh, and Dayball. Speaking of Kafka, you know, he left the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's that's not because. Kafka wasn't bringing a ton to the table. I'm sure they miss him dearly, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching 
watching Mahomes, he used to be the quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes last year. So um, this is going to be this is going to be such a good Super Bowl. But I'm I'm happy that I'm back to a normal working schedule. Got no sleep on the red eye, as I said. Uh, Friday, got the rest of the day today to keep firing in bets. I'm drinking a liquid IV. I've got uh, one coffee down. It, you um, can sleep. It's okay to sleep. Like there's all day yeah, tomorrow. I might need to catch up. I might need it's to like catch up a fine. little bit. Yeah, I might that, need to that, catch up a little. That will be fine. Well, I'm glad that we sort of talked about the Dayball Kafka thing a little bit because you know this game will come and go Sunday, but the Ringer Gambling feed, your your participation, we'll be getting together. I mean, you know, every year it seems like the futures come out earlier and earlier. So we'll have win totals probably in two weeks. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but win totals are out and all of the true NFL, you know, Machiavellian stuff is going to come to pass immediately after this game. What coaches are landing where we've already seen a ton of it, uh, which will definitely affect the futures markets. A bunch of teams got better in terms of their coordinators, especially uh, the the Chargers, but that is a yeah. show yet to come. Something to look forward to on the Ringer Gambling feed. You, g- g- uh, not to interrupt you please, as we're transitioning. Like, yeah, you guys, you guys love checking out House and I, and we can't thank you enough. I did have people come up to me when I was out there in Arizona, telling me how much they love this pod and, and and the information we're sharing and the bets that we're giving out, and they love how we break the game down. I got to tell you, keep listening. All off season. I mean, the the Ringer Gambling f- feed. This show itself does not stop just because the NFL season is over. Not only will House and I come on sporadically and talk NFL, but there's such good analysis on here for all the other sports out there that are just going to get their season starting to ramp up as this one ends. So uh, stay tuned for that. But House, w- w- what else can we say? Let's let's fucking dive in here. Yeah, Where do let's you dive start? in here. I will say. Uh, this this is will be the last bit. I'm I'm somewhat disappointed you didn't arrive home in a Kevin Durant jersey. A Kevin Durant Phoenix jersey could have been the the chef's kiss, but but you're I love the lane that you're in and you're in your lane. So let's get into this Super Bowl game. You're wearing your Super Bowl zip up from last year. Let's get into this game, buddy. Let's go. So where do you where do you want to start? Let's do the game first. Okay. And then we'll we'll do props because the props all sort of derive from this perspective on on the game. And okay, so we will begin with a reading of my 73 page Super Bowl <laughs> report. Page number one. <laughs> I already <laughs> sent you a note earlier this week about how many pages I liked and that I was taking certain pages and putting them in my sexy time <laughs> pictures collection. Uh, page 46 is an absolute banger. If you haven't <laughs> yet jumped into the, the 73 page sharp Super Bowl analysis, there's still time you can jump in and, and, and grab it, right? The, the, the good betting buddies out there can still get this thing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's up on the website. Uh, I think it's like 25 bucks off. Uh, hell, why don't, why don't I give a code on the show right now? If, if anybody wants it, we'll do 50, 50 bucks off. That's half, half price. We'll drop the 50 bucks off. So all the props, I think we got like, 17 props well, well we don't need to do we don't need to sell this like we're, we're promoing it and giving away yeah. a, a ton of stuff here but uh j- just do uh 50 f-i-f-t-y spell it out f-i-f-t-y i'll set that up for you guys but le- but but let's let's dive into the game as as you said you liked page 46 i'm trying to find what page 46 <laughs> was here uh, well it, it, you look it up here, here's the thing right we've been because the, these are by far the two best teams in the nfl it's a very like rich handicap it's a very like uh, uh 
tough one to kind of break down, right? Where I spent the last two weeks, basically what I would characterize as like context diving. You know what I mean? We have this, this giant airplane and we're flying it in, you know, by, by every measure the the game is, is kind of super tight uh, and, and the spread reflects it. it. It's never moved outside of a two and a half point corridor and trying to, to handicap this thing. It's like we have this big plane and we're trying to do like a mountaintop landing on a, on a, on a narrow landing strip. It's a super nuanced, you gotta, you be real, be really dexterous with your, with your, the ends of your, of your fingertips kind of, kind of handicap. You know what I mean? High degree of difficulty. That's what I'm trying to get at. Maybe that, that airplane wasn't the best thing, but it, that's what it feels like trying to land this sucker because you know, you, you look at this and you, uh, and I've, I've talked about this on a couple of the shows, you take the four units, the Eagles on offense and defense, the uh, Chiefs on offense and defense. And then you can break it down further into passing and rushing splits and try and find something to, to give uh, some context to the performance over the course of the season because the Eagles were so dominant against a schedule that they didn't create. It was the schedule the NFL put in front of them and they kicked ass on both sides of the ball all season long and the splits re- reflect it. And on the other side, you know, the, the, the Chiefs had a slightly more difficult schedule, but not nearly the same kind of difficulty that when we were looking at the futures for the season, we thought that the Chiefs might have a much more difficult season. It just didn't play out that way. But in, in trying to, you know, break this thing down and drill into both sides uh, of the ball, the various units, the one thing that, you know, we're trying to make sense out of the Philadelphia offense because they're number one in rush, uh, EPA rush success uh, all season long. And o- over the course of the season, one thing that comes to pass, and we made some money on this, they were very good coming out of the gate. They came out and they scored early and scored often. And in many games, the first half, they, they basically won games in the first half. There was a number of games, if you go through the schedule, where they scored you know over 20 points, 24 points, 27 points in the first half, and then ran the ball in the second half and, and just you know choked the life out of, out of their opponents. And that was a, a perfectly fine script for them. So you know in, 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 in looking at that particular unit, their, their script, they were able to play to their script virtually all season long. They were not, you know, there's a lot of great data out there about how often uh, the Eagles were in a position where their win probability was like less than 40%. It didn't happen very often. They were playing to their script. They were playing in in favorable uh, posture positions most of the season. And 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 the Chiefs also kind of had that kind of a a, a similar um, outcome. They also got out very fast, very efficient, very successful in the first half of, of football games on the offensive side of, of the ball. But for a, a breakdown kind of of context, what I wanted, and and really this is this is why I mentioned page forty six. What I want is as between the units, as between the two teams. Where do they really confront adversity and how did they perform in the face of adversity? And this is why whenever the first time is that we got on together after the conference championship games, my lean was Chiefs. And the reason for that is because I watched them in the playoffs play two games with significant adversity. 
their 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 the starting quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, when he's when all is said and done, had to miss you know a big chunk of that Jacksonville game. That Chiefs team had to face adversity against that Jacksonville team. The, the Bengals are an an exquisite matchup for the Chiefs. Just a, a wonderful. I hope it turns into a genuine rivalry that we get to see many many years going on. If they keep playing in conference championships, that's fine by me. But real adversity. The Bengals had the ball with two minutes left and a chance to win the effing football game. They weren't able to do it. The Chiefs defense stopped them. And then the Chiefs uh, Chiefs defense stopped them. The Chiefs on offense did what, what Patrick Mahomes-led offense does. So my lean was Chiefs because of the adversity. And now that you've found page 46, what you've, what we're talking about is out of all the units, one unit that excelled in the face of adversity was the Chiefs passing attack. And this is why, uh, as I've gone through all of the sort of readings, all of the numbers, and this is not to, to do anything in the way of disparaging what the Eagles have accomplished on both sides of the ball. That's a badass football team. I love them. I give them a bouquet of flowers, but I'm trying to find a way to win some money, Warren Sharp, and I am willing to invest in Patrick Mahomes as an underdog and Patrick Mahomes and that passing attack which has faced legit defenses over the course of this season, the likes of which the Eagles may, may be able to muster. I don't know. We'll see when we start jumping into some of your number numbers. I know we're going to put some meat on the bones, but I'm on the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs as a dog, and I, I played the money line as well. That's sort of that's my fifty thousand foot level where this plane is headed. Kind of analysis. Well, I think if you like the Chiefs, the good news for you is that. You've got all game to feel semi-comfortable that you got a shot here. Because if you like the Eagles, my concern is what happens if you end up getting down at the beginning of that third quarter? What if you're down at halftime? And we've talked about this before when it came to Brock Purdy against the Eagles and why I was worried what happens to the Niners if they trail, because Brock Purdy didn't have very many pass attempts in that situation, but I did mention at the time about Jalen Hurts. So let's dive in. Of the 47 quarterbacks with 100 plus attempts on the season, Jalen Hurts was 45th in terms of the number of dropbacks when losing in the second half. He had 25 such dropbacks on the entire season, losing in the second half. He only had 22 pass attempts. He averaged minus 0.81 EPA per attempt on those attempts. That was worst in the NFL, 47 out of 47 quarterbacks. Not a whole lot of experience doing it and very poor performance when doing it. He was also sacked three times in those situations. Mahomes, on the other hand, he ranked second best out of 47 quarterbacks in terms of EPA per attempt in the situation that I just mentioned. Plus, he had nearly four times more pass attempts than did Jalen Hurts trailing in the second half of games. And if you go back over the last two years, he ranks third most efficient when down in the second half of games. They're built for this. They they are built to play when trailing late. They also have one of the highest pass rates in the NFL when losing in the second half of games, when winning in the second half of games. They have a lot of experience just with the ball in Mahomes' hands because the difference between the Eagles and the Chiefs are both teams are from like that Andy Reid style, which more teams in the NFL need to get on the board on board with this. Pass to build a lead. 
I mean, the Eagles, that's what they do. Now, will they do that this game? Will they come out? They've been the fifth most pass-heavy team in the first half of games. We've mentioned that before. Will they come out here and pass the ball with Jalen Hurts' shoulder? Or will they run because they have opportunities against this Chiefs run defense, which we might talk about momentarily, how weak they are. But bottom line is, on the season, to build leads, both of these teams have passed to do that. However, once that lead has been established, the Chiefs pass to maintain the lead and pass to win games in the fourth quarter. The Eagles take the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands and they run to maintain leads in the second half and they run to ice games out and Jalen Hurts just does not throw the ball very much in the fourth quarter of games, whether he's winning or losing. So he just doesn't have all that experience. Now you're on a Super Bowl stage that Mahomes has been on twice in his career, Jalen Hurts zero times yet. I'm not suggesting Jalen Hurts can't rise to the occasion, can't compete, won't look good if put in that situation. There's always a chance for those things. But I would feel so much more comfortable if it was Patrick Mahomes in that situation. Um, and that's why I think it's just so paramount. If the Chiefs want to really F up this Eagles game plan, guns blazing out the gates house, guns blazing Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes build the lead. Boom. Philly is now going to be behind the eight ball big time. So like who gets out the first quarter of these games, typically in the Super Bowl, are lower scoring are slow. It's a feeling out type process. No score in the first 630 is often bet. Second half to have more points in the first half is often bet. Um, these guys start slow. They ease into it. But you know, you just said Eagles haven't done that all year. Eagles try to come out fast and start fast. Doesn't mean because they want to, they actually will. And they shouldn't have scored on their first drive against the San Francisco 49ers. Devonta Smith did not catch that ball. So they should not have had points there. I was thankful that they did because I bet Eagles team total in the first half over. But um, <laughs> they, they, shouldn't have, they shouldn't have scored on that drive. So just because they're trying to be aggressive and going forward on fourth and three and, and, and going to push the pace a little bit uh, doesn't mean that they'll have success. But they have tried to come out and score. That's why I just think this first quarter is going to be much more than just a feeling out process between these teams. This first quarter of this game is going to go so much further in my mind to determining the ultimate winner of this game than most any other first quarter in Super Bowl history that I can recall. Not that the Eagles aren't a great, great offense capable of overcoming deficits, but simply because I... I really respect the hell out of what the Chiefs might be able to do on offense if they have the ball in the second half. And I think Spags is one crafty motherfucker house. Yeah. This guy might be able to work something up here in the second half, in the first half, to slow down the Eagles, to, to limit this explosive offense that just puts up points in the first half of these games and has done so all playoffs long and for most of the season. That's why they've had the largest lead at halftime in the NFL on average. So I think that this is going to be a very important first quarter. So let's talk about that because I bet already, and, and, and it wasn't a small bet, the first quarter to go over nine and a half points. And right. it's because of precisely what you're describing. Now I'm, I'm trying to, to quickly scan FanDuel um, to see where that number sits at the moment. I bet it, you know, early on in, in this whole process, just because of, of my what my mind's eye imagined game script wise. And and really the thing well, I can tell you, I can me, tell you what the current line is on, yeah, this, let's hear it. on the let's first hear it. quarter. Uh, first quarter total is still nine and a half. It's juiced to minus 30 uh, at like 
a lot of the shops that I'm seeing, 35. I even see a 40. Um, uh, so people offshore, are in this. But what, I, what did I you lay? I got it. I was even. Over no. was even when I went okay. to, but that was two weeks ago. So people are, you know, jumping into people the market. Are, people are taking, taking your old refuse. But let's, let's behind. talk, let's talk about the thing that, that, that you, you, you keyed on, especially on the chief side for the chiefs. What does coming out guns blazing mean? Because one of the things we'll get to when we're in the, the props markets here, you know, the final kind of review of our props menu, I'm heavily invested on short passes to the middle of the field on both sides of the ball. So that's running backs and tight ends, running routes just beyond the line of scrimmage inside of that nine yard thing and, and, and a ball control offense primarily for the chiefs, which is why, you know, get it out of the way. My favorite prop on the board is, um, Mahomes over 38 and a half passing attempts which okay. is one I got cause mainly because of this script though. But so coming out guns blazing for the chiefs, what's that mean? Well, I think it means being aggressive enough with the decision-making on some of those key critical down and distances, but also being efficient on first down to not get stuck in too many third and long type situations. And look, this Philadelphia Eagles team is a, is a great team, and yes, they are the number one defense. The odd thing, though, House, about the Eagles' defense, first of all, you could talk schedule. We could talk schedule. We could say they've played very few people. You'll hear that from every other podcast feed. It is true. The Eagles fans don't like it. You can only play who's on your schedule, though. They have not really been tested by some very strong opposing offenses. So this defense ranks number one but the schedule has been weak. But one of the biggest things that stood out to me was, as you peel this thing back and you dive into it, how many weaknesses are on this Philadelphia Eagles defense that even this shitty, bad slate of opposing quarterbacks was able to take advantage of at times. So, for example, if you try to throw the ball 10 plus yards down the field, you are going to not have any success against the Eagles. They rank number one. But on passes thrown one to nine air yards, they rank 17. They also rank 24th in first down rate. They rank 26th in third down conversion rate when you are throwing the ball one to nine air yards against them. Underneath passing, boom, number one. They are great, elite, throwing the ball down the field. They are bottom half of the league to bottom 10, depending upon what down and what metric you're looking at throwing it short. That's first off. Second off, throwing the ball quick. This team, if you hold on to the football for over 2.6 seconds, they're the number one pass defense in the NFL. But if you get rid of the ball in less than 2.6 seconds, they merely rank 15th. In addition, on shotgun, no play action type pass attempts, they struggle. They rank 24th. That's bottom 10 in EPA per attempt. They rank 28th in yards per attempt. They rank 31st in completion rate and passer rating. They're number one in the NFL if you use play action. They're bottom 10 if you throw from shotgun and you don't use play action. So what we've just listed out are shorter passes, quicker passes, and go throw it from shotgun without using play action. We just described like everything the Chiefs offense wants to do. They're built for this. This is their design. 
they throw the ball this year. If you told me last year, 2021 Chiefs, no, they're, they're fourth highest rate of passes that go 20 plus yards down the field. Mahomes scrambling around, holding on the ball, find Tyreek open, make a brilliant play, all that type of stuff. This year, no Tyreek, get the ball out quick, get the ball out underneath, find the weaknesses of the defense, all those soft spots, throw it to the receivers, let them do something with it after they catch it. This, this That's what this team does this year. So I think they're going to have success doing all of those things against this defense for the Eagles. And that's going to matriculate the ball down the field. And then the shocking thing, House, this is, this is like one of the most shocking stats. I didn't put enough emphasis on this during my time at Radio Row. I'll do it right now. The Eagles defense obviously had ranked number one, like it's it's been elite, but they merely rank 18th in percentage of drives that reach the red zone, which is shocking when you consider that they played one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. They allow teams to get to the red zone. And then when these teams get to the red zone, they rank 21st in touchdown rate. I mean, this does not sound like the number one team in the NFL. This sounds like a team that is struggling. And then how do teams score touchdowns at the 20, you know, how does this defense allow the 21st conversion rate? Well, it's because the Eagles defense ranks 24th in success rate on plays inside of the red zone. They are terrible against running back runs. They rank 29th against running back runs. They rank 28th if you pass the ball from multi-tight end sets. So the Chiefs, take advantage with all the quicker, shorter, underneath passing to move the ball into the red zone. When they're there, spread the field, running back runs, should have success. The Eagles rank 29th there. And use your multi-tight end sets, which the Chiefs major in down inside the red zone. No team uses more 12 or 13 personnel than do the Chiefs rank number one in those uh, uh, usage rates and pass the ball from those multi-tight end sets. Maybe you get a Travis Kelsey touchdown. That's a prop you can make. There's also some other long shot props that you can make. You could go a Noah Gray anytime touchdown. You could go a Jody Fortson at 14 to one anytime touchdown. These are some things I think they're gonna have some multi-tight end sets out there on the field. So that's how the Chiefs start out fast. By doing that, that's what's crazy to me about this house. You got the number one defense over there in the Eagles. You say, man, this is intimidating. How are we gonna play well? How are we gonna get out to a decent lead? Just fucking play your game. Do what you normally do. You're going to probably have success. These are the things the Eagles defense struggles against. Well, I want to um, accentuate one aspect of what you're describing. And this is going to sound like we're dumping all over the Eagles defense, which is not the case. All we're doing is trying to... Facts. Yeah, and 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 trying to really come up with a nuanced perspective um, with with the two best teams in the NFL. One of the things that that jumped out of the numbers and came through in your book that this Eagles defense absolutely feasted in terms of converting pressure into sacks when they played bad teams this season. When they when they went up against uh, bad quarterbacks, I mean, I'm talking about bad teams on offense. You know, mediocre quarterbacks, mediocre offensive lines, you know, teams with with mediocre uh, schemes, their conversion rate on pressures to sacks was was outstanding. The the one thing that the Chiefs have going for them is Patrick effing Mahomes, who is the absolute best in the league at avoiding sacks under pressure. And again, I hate to use this mind's eye test my my eye test you know what my mind and my eyes just saw but the way that the chiefs managed the bengal's pass rush right the bengal's don't blitz the bengal's just bring four uh they they want to drop eight in coverage they were able to to put some pressure on mahomes and mahomes mobility was definitely compromised and yet not 
on his ass a lot in that Bengals game because they're getting rid of the effing football. And Isaiah Pacheco is outrunning Roots. I think he re- he had the most Roots in, in, the, in the receiving uh, 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 opportunities in that Bengals game. So this is the kind of thing, script-wise, where I'm on Pacheco props. I'm on these, you know, uh, Mahomes attempt props. I'm on Mahomes completion props because it just feeds into uh, vulnerabilities of the Eagles defense. But I do want to give a shout because, you know, you did the work on um, Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, the, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, who has had the opportunity to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs m- more than the Eagles because he was with the Colts before. So you have some, some you know, uh, fair analysis of what a Gannon-style defense imagines when they're going up against Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? Yeah, well, I I haven't heard it as much. I anticipated hearing more of it. Maybe I preempted that discussion by writing it up and posting this before, you know, Radio Row really started getting going. So we didn't hear quite as much about it. But um, there there was this narrative, especially heading into the first Eagles game that the Chiefs played them in 2021 with Gannon, that, oh, Gannon has the recipe to slow down you know, Patrick Mahomes because of what happened in this 2019 game, which we'll talk about momentarily. Um, And that's in part a reason why that total in the 2021 game was bet towards the under. And it moved under by at least a point, if I recall correctly, um, by some sharp guys saying, hey, the last time that they played, you know, not many people are talking about it, but Jonathan Gannon like had a recipe to slow down Mahomes. And, and then of course, Mahomes in this 2021 game against the Eagles just last year in Philly comes out. His drives in this game are sick against Gannon's defense, against the Eagles defense last year. Touchdown, 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 first three drives, interception, touchdown, 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 end of game. I mean, he was almost undefeated. They obviously did not punt the ball whatsoever. Uh, yes, I know Tyree Kill did a lot of that damage, but it was it was absolutely ridiculous. Now, let's talk about this game that has the biggest like, oh, well, what about Gannon? What did he do in 2019 to slow down Mahomes? So the Chiefs went into Arrowhead and beat the Colts. The sorry, the Colts went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. And one of the things that they did was they played a ton of man coverage. So this wasn't just like, okay, we got the recipe. This is the recipe. Let's just do it how we normally play our defense and we're going to go and get this win because we can tweak this one little thing, twist this dial just a touch, and we'll be able to like be perfect. No, that's not even close to what happened in this game in 2019. The Colts were a zone first team that played zone almost 75% of snaps, just like the Philadelphia Eagles do this year. And the Colts are sitting there studying film and studying how they're going to plan to go and take on Patrick Mahomes and the the Chiefs, the high-flying Chiefs, I think, who are undefeated at the time. And they watched the tape of the last game that the Chiefs played. And the Chiefs played Detroit in Detroit. Detroit is a man coverage team. They play basically, I don't want to say exclusively, but man at one of the highest rates of any team in the NFL. And the Indian, uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs were without their starting left tackle, Eric Fisher. They were without Tyreek Hill. And he was going to be injured for the Colts game as well, but he was injured in the game against the Lions. And without both of those guys on the field, this man coverage was giving Patrick Mahomes a little bit of trouble. Uh, the Chiefs ended up winning that game against the Detroit Lions and they scored a bunch of points, but Mahomes didn't actually have a very good game. And so 
Jonathan Gannon, who was the DB's coach of the Colts, goes back to the staff as the story goes and says, look, I think we could play a lot of man. Let's try to switch things up. Let's practice man this week. Maybe we'll be able to catch him off guard and have some similar success to what we were able, what the, the Lions defense did. They just didn't finish the job. So the Colts go there and they come out and they play almost exclusively press man coverage. And the Chiefs have no fucking clue that this is going to happen, right? Like they thought that we're getting a zone defense here of the, the Colts and they come out playing massive amounts of press man. Tyreek Hill, number one wide receiver is out. Sammy Watkins, number two wide receiver is out. Starting left tackle Eric Fisher is out. So you've got massive losses for the offense. This is a offense at the time in 2019 that is focused on the deeper pass. You need protection. You need guys who's going to get down the field, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. And, and meanwhile, you got this pressure that's getting after Mahomes and he can't throw the ball deep down the field because he has no time to do it. He gets pressured on like 45% of his dropbacks. He ends up twisting his ankle. He's playing with a bad ankle injury. He's limping around the field a little bit in the second half of the game. Um, they can't run the ball at all. They're getting no support on the ground. I think they had like their starting running back, Clyde Edwards-Lair, had 23 total rushing yards in the game. And then you factor in that they were penalized 11 times for 125 yards. I mean, 125 yards is a ridiculous number of penalties for one single team. Uh, they lost a fumble and they went one of three inside the red zone. So bottom line with this, I'll end the analysis like this house. That game plan is simply not going to be repeated. Number one, there's no chance in my mind that the Eagles come out here and play a lot of press man. They have struggled to play man coverage this year. They are significantly better playing their standard zone coverage. I would be shocked if they came out and did anything other than that. Number two, even if they tried, this is not the same Chiefs team. That was a Chiefs team that wanted to throw deep and was out their top two wide receivers. This is a Chiefs team that has their wide receivers and is going to be throwing the ball short. Secondly, this Chiefs team is going to have a little bit more success, although not a ton, being able to run the football, in my opinion. They're gonna Pacheco's not gonna have an elite day on the ground, but he's going to be better than 23 rushing yards uh that the number one running back had for the Chiefs last year, Clyde uh, in 2019. And secondly, you're not gonna have your offensive line in shambles like they were there. Keep in mind, like the last Super Bowl that they went to in 2019, the offensive line was in shambles as well. So um or sorry, 2020, I guess, against the Bucs. So this, this offensive line is in far better shape right now. We're not going to get the Jonathan Gannon part four that's going to harken back to 2019 and slow down Mahomes. Don't see it whatsoever. Betting buddies, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download FanDuel now and use promo code Gamblers, G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S, so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You will get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything. I mean everything, from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown to coin toss to Gatorade to length of the national. I mean, let's let's talk about all of it. I've been all over the airwaves talking about how much I like the Patrick Mahomes over in passing attempts. That's one you can jump into. I encourage it. And look, no sweat. Put as much as, you, as, as you're comfortable. It doesn't have to be the full tippy top of the limit here, but put a comfortable amount on that one. Let's cash together. Enjoy the return on investment 
all of this, my friends, on a top-rated sportsbook app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. You get paid your winnings instantly. The money appears in your account. So join FanDuel today with promo code GAMBLERS to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years older, older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit is required. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. If you reside in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. In Arizona, you call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or you text NEXT STEP to 533-42. In Connecticut, it's 1-888-789-7777 or you can go on the Connecticut website, ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, you call one 800 9 with it, W-I-T-H-I-T. Kansas, you can call the 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Maryland, you can visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org. In New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467 467- 369 Wyoming, you call 1-800-522-4700 or in West Virginia, you visit www.1800gambler.net. I want to um, make sure that we focus on the path to success for the Eagles because I just don't want to sit here and do confirmation bias for the Chiefs. I mean, I had a perspective immediately after the conference championship games. I bet that way. And I've been pleased by the deep dive, the analysis, the context diving that we've done and, and seen a lot of the splits that, that suggest that, you know, um, hurts, uh, with, with just basic the inexperience and, and, you know, it's not a knock on him. He's, he's a very young quarterback in, in his career. Um, doesn't have a, you know, a ton of experience in, in adverse circumstances and that didn't happen this year. Um, one pathway to me, I'm just bouncing this off of you, is Hurts uh, running the football. But the the ability of Hurts to run the football goes to directly the status of of his health. And I want you know yeah. kind of the same thing in terms of of Mahomes. You were just in the rarefied Arizona air. You were close enough to uh, the ground, boots on the ground there to get, you know, up to the second perspective, perhaps, on the injury status of those two quarterbacks. Because if either one of them is not, you know, fully firing, fully functional, it it, it tilts uh, the script here quite a bit. Yeah, and I think actually Mahomes is going to be fine as long as he doesn't retweak his ankle, right? Which is the biggest concern. If he retweaks it, that's going to be a problem. If he, if he, if he doesn't, I think it's going to, he's going to be a hundred percent, you know, he's, he, so he's got this latent injury that exists, but is not going to be obvious and apparent, but it is subject and prone to re-injury if he steps on it wrong or if he gets tackled. So I believe that while Patrick Bones, like I like over three and a half rushing attempts, I think that's a very smart bet uh, in the prop market. Kneel downs obviously count. Kneel down at the end of the first half 
You get one play. Eagles manage the clock brilliantly, kick a field goal or score a touchdown with 10 seconds left, and you have the kickoff, and then Mahomes needs to just take a knee to get out of the half. You know, the Eagles manage it well. They don't leave him enough time to do anything. That gives you one rushing attempt. But I don't think either of these quarterbacks should be running the football very much in the first half, in the first quarter of the game. With one exception, I'll talk about momentarily, but Mahomes, a couple of targeted runs, in the second half of this game, when the game's on the line, you're not going to keep him from, from running the ball a little bit. Uh, that's when I feel a little bit more comfortable about letting him do that. And I think he's going to have more chances to scamper for a yard or two as necessary and, and, and keep that ankle healthy slide or just run out of bounds, something like that. It was a game-winning run against the Bengals. I mean, you know, yep. he, and that he was, ran that was to win the football game. And that was one week after the injury that he had before. Now he's had two weeks to heal it. So I think that's going to be fine. Um, Jalen Hurts, the only reason you run him early is to make it so that the Chiefs have to respect that. The Chiefs have to respect that element of the, the running quarterback game at the mesh points so that you think that the quarterback might actually keep it and you can't overplay the running back. Um, once you've established that the quarterback's willing to take it, then I think you don't let him take it a lot because you don't want all those hits and you want these running backs to get going downhill into this Chiefs run defense, which can be exploited. And this Eagles run offense is elite. I would rather have Hurts run the ball at the goal line in the red zone on short yardage situations a couple times in the first quarter to establish we're willing to do it and then save that just like Mahomes and, and use it in the fourth quarter as you need to, to scramble, to pick up yards in the in the third quarter a little bit as well. But like I don't want to see anything other than short yardage red zone running out of Hertz in the first half um, for fear of the shoulder injury. Now, yeah. the only option, the only, the only way that I'm wrong in that synopsis is if his shoulder is truly hurt and the downfield passing stinks, like the downfield passing is terrible, which it hasn't looked great in the games that he's played since the injury, especially when he's throwing downfield to his right. If it's really bad, guess what? Like Hurts can just become a, 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 he can run the ball even more, right? Like there's no game you need to save him for in the future. So if you if you aren't having any semblance of success, I don't think this is going to be the case, but like, like let's pretend things go sideways here. Would you rather have Gardner Minshew out there, you know, throwing the ball and not running it at all? Or would you have Jalen Hurts throwing the ball on occasion, but primarily just running it? Um, I almost would rather have, if, if it got to that state, I almost would rather have Jalen Hurts out there because I think this Eagles rushing attack will have a ton of success running the football and giving it and that type of thing. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, uh, you, you was a perfect segue because I wanted to know your, from your perspective, what's the Eagles game script to take advantage of what I think, you know, is, is fairly characterized as a middle of the pack Chiefs defense. I mean, the Chiefs defense has been better the second half of the season. Their pass rush with Chris Jones has been uh, excellent. We saw it, you know, live and in person against the Bengals last week. That defense was up to the challenge against Joe Burr. And the, and the Bengals and they they was a, a game winning performance you know with 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 shutting down the Bengals with two minutes left in the in the football game, um, but over the balance of the season not a lights out defense. Uh, what is this this Eagles offense with all the weapons that they have 
the pathway to success from your perspective? Yeah, as I mentioned, everybody comes out and says that this is a pass for uh, a run first team, but they're actually not. They're a pass first team in the first half of games, fifth most pass heavy. But where they're going to have the biggest edge in my mind is running the football. I mean, this is this is such an elite run game house. They spread the field. They use 11 personnel at the third highest rate in the NFL. This is not the Eagles from like two, three years ago when Doug Peterson was the coach and you had all these tight ends out on the field and they were like one of the leaders in 12 personnel. This is a team that plays three wide receivers, one running back and one tight end, third highest rate in the NFL. And they are so great when they choose to run the football. They're, they've got you spread out. You have to honor the passing game and yet they're running it. And they're not just running it by just like turning around and handing the ball to their running back. They got a running quarterback who's running option things in the backfield. That is absolutely increasing the efficiency output of what they're doing on the ground. So just the way that they put you in conflict all the time. That's the one thing about this team. They put you into conflict at like every level. Everything they do is basically putting you into conflict. They're going to make you wrong. They key on a certain player on the defense and they spread the field with the three wide receivers and they're reading a certain guy on the defense. And no matter what that guy does, is he overplay one thing? Does he overplay another? Does he just stand there? No matter what that guy does, the Eagles are gonna make him wrong by seeing what he does and doing the thing that's gonna help them the most. And that's one of the reasons why they are such a difficult offense to defend and why they are so great is because, it's not because of all the, the gimmicks, the heavy personnel groupings that they pass out of, all the motions, all the other things. No, it's just that they are making you wrong every time they snap the football. And the run game is number one in EPA per play. They've played 10 games versus top 15 run defenses. They are they're averaging four times more efficiency in an EPA per play basis, four times more than the second best team in the NFL. Absurd. They're way above average. They're ridiculous in success rate. You could go down all the metrics. They're just so good when they run the football. And the Chiefs defense got better down the stretch in part because they started playing with lighter boxes, played a little bit more too high, brought a defender out to help with the pass, built a quick lead, and then forced you to pass into the lighter boxes that, yeah, you could run, but you're losing on the scoreboard. So how much are you going to try to run? And then they're going to use all their guys in the backfield uh, in, in the secondary to slow down that passing game. And so that's what the Chiefs did down the stretch. That's the pivot they made. That's why they moved from like 24th against the pass to top 10 against the pass is by lightening the boxes and getting those leads earlier in games with their offense. And so that's a big concern here because you can't play with lighter boxes boxes or you're going to die against this Eagles rushing attack. And what if Philly actually has the lead? Now they don't care. They'll want, they will run the ball on you. Now everything you've tried to do over the last half of the season to improve your pass defense is gone out the window. You're going to have to bring that extra man down into the box. That's going to leave your corners a little bit more exposed. If Jalen Hurts, as long as his shoulder's fine to throw the football, they're going to have success down the field, attacking a secondary that has to play differently than they've played most of the season because they can't play with such a light box any longer. It's just such a fascinating cat and mouse game here between Spags and the Eagles offense. And I think the Eagles offense definitely has 
the upper hand, but Spags, like I said before, House, he's so crafty. I can't wait to see what he does. He's not just going to sit there and let you do what you would like to do against his defense. He's got tricks up his sleeve. He's got adjustments to make. I think he's a really in a one game situation with like extra time to prepare. I think he's a very crafty guy and I can't wait to see what he's got for this Eagles offense. So you're right. We spent a lot of time talking about how elite this Chiefs team is and how many holes the Eagles defense has. But the fact remains, there's opportunities for the Eagles offense here as well. They're excellent down inside of the red zone. They should be able to exploit the Chiefs defense down there as well. And that's why one of the reasons why I think there's going to be more points uh, than most games have in the first half. Like most Super Bowls start out slow, like I said, and feel out process. I I think unless Spags really confuses the Eagles and really is, brings his A game, which is entirely possible, I think the Eagles are going to be scoring some here in the first half as well. Well, beautiful setup because I wanted to talk about the total for this game. It's sitting at, at 50 and a half. This is an aspect of the game that I feel least comfortable with, least confident in. It's the one um, measure that I just really couldn't get my arms around. It was at uh, 50. Had, there were 51s early in, in the uh, in the process, and then it went down. It was under. It was all the way down to like 49 or 49 and a half, and then it, it's bet back up to, to 50 and a half, and it's slightly juiced to the over at 50 and a half. Do you have a perspective on the total on this one? Yeah, now I'm seeing 51s. There's, there's actually... It's wild. It's a really even market right now on the total because, and it, it's, it's a better's paradise right now, actually. Like, if you want to get the over, 51 is a relatively important number in, in total. So, if you want to get the over, there's plenty of 50 and a halfs to be found out there. And if you want to get the under, there's plenty of 51s to be found out there. So, you have your pick and it's around a key number. And then you look at the first half. I mean, everybody right now is basically 21, uh, sorry, 24 and a half which is a relatively key number in first half totals as well. And you can go under that. You have to lay a dollar twenty to do so, but you can go under the first half at 24 and a half. So, I mean, it's a good number. It's, it's, <laughs> it's that's the last number. I could say. It's a, it's a good number. It's probably the right number for this game because it's taken action a little bit towards the over, a little bit towards the under. When it was like down at 49 and a half and 50, it was bet up and some books stuck at 51. If it got a little bit higher than that, it got whacked down to 51 from 51 and a half. So I think the number is perfect on the total. I think the first half right now is perfect as well. If you do want to go over in the first half, 24 is relatively important. So you might want to figure out a way to maneuver so that you're not laying going over over 24 and a half, like even money, you're, you you find a way to find a 24 in some capacity because that would be important if you want to go over that. But um, I don't see a lot of value in the numbers that currently exist from a totals perspective. But I will say this, if, if you do like something and you still haven't bet it, shop around because you're going to find the opportunity if you like the over or the under to get a good number on the full game that is around a key and that puts you on the right side of that key. It's wonderful. Just wonderful. Well, we uh, have reached the, speaking of bittersweet uh, moment, our, our last opportunity to hear from the betting buddies in terms of their favorite props. Now, let's make sure that we kind of recap our own props. We've, we, we've hit probably a full dozen over the course of the conversation that we just ran through. I personally, and I've said this on the Ringer Gambling feed, I'm invested in both tight ends. They're overs in uh, yards for sure. Uh, anytime touchdowns for sure. This is Dallas Goddard and, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, yards, smaller wagers on, on their yards. I'm invested in Pacheco 
as a receiver, receptions and receiving yards. I have Pacheco in a small uh, play for an anytime touchdown as well. I said it earlier, Mahomes over 38 and a half pass attempts. There are 39 and a half out there also. I'm fine with that too. Um, that that's one of my absolute favorites. Uh, and you know, um, Miles Sanders, uh, because of the, the script that you just walked us through in terms of the elite, uh, rushing, I like his over in terms of the rushing yards. Where, where is that now? Is it, is it uh, around 59 and a half 60? Where, what's that number now? That number right now, I'm just pulling it up is 61 and a half. I'm still fine with that. I like, like that over. So in terms of like the script that I have in mind and the, and the play, those are the props that I'm leaning into. How about you? So agree with your general thought process on the Sanders stuff. Um, I have it at a better number, so I'm not taking it at this number. I also did the derivative markets that you can't do during the regular season, which is like first half rushing yards over, first quarter rushing yards over, just because this is when he's primarily used and the other guys get used late if the Eagles are up. I do expect those other guys to get worked in, maybe not exactly as previous, but similar to previous. I don't expect the Eagles to be up by that margin in the second half in this game, although it could happen. But I wanted some opportunity to just take Sanders in the first half in case something like that happened. Uh, but I do think he's going to have some utilization in this game. And then from the from the Eagles, like these are props that you know we got earlier on. But I, I do like Devonta Smith here because I think if Spags does try something crafty, there's a chance he might try to overcover AJ Brown and mm. leave Smith some opportunities. And Smith runs a lot of routes on that short left side, which is where Jalen Hurts has been having a little bit more success throwing the football. You know, the deeper down the field on the right side has not been working out, but the short underneath to the left is where Devonta Smith works a lot. And I think that there's some opportunities for him there. Um, one of the things from a prop betting perspective, like we bet a lot of props in the Super Bowl. I'll have so many in su such a volume of props that what's fun is uh, I'm not doing it this year and I didn't do it last year either because now that gambling is legalized and like some of my guys now go to the East Coast and are working there. But when I went over out to Vegas and for the Super Bowls, we would go and just ridiculous. We would get lists and we would be betting lists at the casinos all the way up until right about kickoff. We go, we're watching the game in the book, live betting things, halftime betting things. When the game ends, we're not cashing our tickets. We got piles of tickets from a variety of books. We just go to dinner. We we know <laughs> we know in general in our mind whether yeah. we were up or down, but we don't know by the extent of it. And and we were we were actually never never at once were we down um on the Super Bowl from from betting all of these props. But um we don't know the how much we were up. Just take all the tickets. We do the accounting later. We go have a, a really nice dinner, enjoy the end of the year. And, and then it's time for accounting and figuring out how much we want on the Super Bowl. Now, of course, you got all these apps and everything's just like almost immediate. You could see like they grade this stuff out and you could see what you want. It's a little bit, a little bit different. But the bottom line is we're gonna have a lot of props. The other interesting thing is that we're gonna have a lot more under props that are gonna be coming in closer to kickoff. Sunday, right. Saturday night, Sunday, we're going to be betting on some more unders and targeted unders. But um, I shared a couple players that I like, a couple of uh, 
of other props that don't re- involve a specific player. I like the Chiefs to call the first time out. Um, I think Andy Reid kind of uh, may have a situation where he decides to call a timeout first rather than Nick Sirianni, who tends not to burn them as easily. Um, we we also faded the Miles Sanders receiving. So we took like Pacheco to have more receiving yards and Pacheco to catch a pass first. We think Pacheco is going to be a little bit more involved in the receiving game for the Chiefs rather than Miles Sanders would for the Eagles. So that was one angle that we took. Um, and also... Chiefs to have the longest punt. Um, the Chiefs are a team that has a legitimately good punter, and the Eagles punter legitimately stinks and struggles. Oh. And it's actually their backup punter right now who's out there because the, their starter punter, who's not good, um, was injured, and they moved him off the IR. I don't know which one is going to be starting in this game, but remember the fiasco last game where the the, the backup, whose punts stink to begin with, uh, hit the wire? over yeah. the field and yeah. then he was he was like blaming it on, oh my god the wire and so like everybody was saying like it probably did hit the wire because of all the reactions <laughs> by so many people but they couldn't prove it but like part of the part of the the team was like oh god this guy just shanked it because he shanks it so frequently like it wasn't oh. ex- it wasn't unexpected that this guy would have a shitty pump because he's not a great punter so Wait, what's the number this I'm a it was minus bags. 150 minus 155 for the chiefs to have the let's longest go. punt let's go so, punter bets uh, the super bowl I, so goddamn good I don't know what it is right now, but you got that one. Um, and then here's another one. I'll just leave you with this. This is a this is a sharp one that came in as well. Um, total first downs combined for the game. Over 39 and a half, over 40 and a half. The price is in that range. Um, the Chiefs, it, this works well with your thought process on the game house, which is a lot of dink and dunking for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Short passes, underneath passes. That's how you attack the Eagles defense, move the ball. And then the Eagles running the football, right? Running the ball first and second down. You might not have 35-yard passes to to A.J. Brown down the field, 40-yard bombs, but you might have a nice seven-yard run, an eight-yard run, and these things gain more first downs as you're marching the ball down the field a little bit more methodically rather than 50-yard play here, 30-yard play there that really gain chunks and move the ball to score, but don't actually convert a lot of first downs. So, ironically enough, what you want to have in a game that has a lot of first downs are uh, decent plays, but no chunks so that the team still has to get four or five first downs on a drive to get from point A to point B. You don't want like three plays that get you, you know, 30 yards and then boom, all of a sudden we're scoring points. All right. Well, we're almost to the point here to hear from the betting buddies, but uh, having listened to our laundry list of, of props in this thing. want to remind everybody that on the Ringer feed, the East Coast Bias Boys have combined. There's a f- beautiful four-leg Super Bowl prop uh, parlay out there right this second. You can play it on FanDuel. Um, it's got a lot of the features that we're talking about here. So just get on the, the Ringer feed and check out that four-leg parlay. I think FanDuel's got it up uh, as well, but it's a, it's a juicy one. You're going to enjoy it. And then we've got the betting buddies at stake, as always. If your name gets called, if we pick one of your bets to be the bet that we are going with for this game, and we'll pick a couple because House can't choose just one, usually. I cannot. Um, he will obviously allow you to get a, a prize. You'll be entered to get a prize of some sort that we cannot mention by name, but you're going to enjoy that prize. We're going to be making you famous. You're going to be able to show this to your wife, your kids, your parents, your friends, 
They called me out on the Ringer Gambling Show, the infamous gambling show house called me out. Everybody, look how popular I am and I'm so smart. That's going to happen. And then, of course, number three, you get a shirt from sharpfootballmerch.com. Any shirt of your choosing. Your bet has to win in order for you to get that shirt. Just a nomination by House does not qualify you. House, we had a couple of good bets last week that should have won potentially if the quarterback situation doesn't unfold the way that it did for the Niners. But those those guys got contacted by somebody. They got a nice little prize. They got shout out, but they did not get a shirt because their bet didn't win. We only reward the winners with the shirts, House. We, we're, we're all about winners here, Sharpie. All right, let's, let's dive into this, uh, this betting buddy market and see if we can come up with a couple winners. Once again, guys, you guys had some great, so some great betting ideas. Uh, some of these are ones that like play in line with some of the stuff that House probably is already liking. So I'm going to go through uh, a few of them here. Let's scroll down. Uh, we got the Red Ramos. We'll start with you. Um, longest touchdown scored under 39 and a half yards. House, he says, in six of the last eight Super Bowls, the longest touchdown has been under 35 yards. So the Red Ramos either did that himself, like did the research himself or heard that from somebody else. What do you think of that one? I I, I kind of love it. The only thing that scares me at all about this prop is is the Red Ramos's uh, avatar. I mean, it's a, it's a scary figure. His, the Twitter handle is at Red Ramos Gaming. Longest touchdown under 39 and a half yards. I'm going to play it. I just hope that he wins and so he doesn't try and look up my my uh, home address if it doesn't play out well for him. <laughs> well, that's just a red power ranger, I think. I don't know that okay. that's that All harmful. Right. Well, it's uh, scary to me. I don't know. But <laughs> but but I wasn't really big into power rangers, but that's what it looks like to me. Um okay, another one. Turner Bat Badorf. Uh oh, he's, he's been he's on a, here before. He's yeah, been he's on here homie. before. He's yeah. got uh Eagles team total over 12 and a half. And he he's hitting the sweet spot. He knows he knows the, our pitches, right? Like he knows that that would be something right up our alley, Turner. So yeah. nice job shouting you out for that. Um Eagles first score to be a rushing touchdown house. That's from Taylor Maj. Uh Eagles first score is going to be a rushing touchdown. That pays out plus. 220. So obviously, I guess the market is probably like kick a field goal, passing touchdown, defensive touchdown, a lot of other options there. Um, it's a, that's a super fair price for 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 that because you know it is exactly to to the to their strength and and you they can do it a variety of different ways. Uh, and and we just watched them against that uh, San Francisco defense, formidable San Francisco defense, score the touchdown. In that in that way, I love that one. Uh, I'm not going to play it. That's not that's not the one. But I want to give a shout out to that homie. Okay, that's Taylor Maj. I got two more for you. So as I scroll down here, Santa Claus actually posted his ticket, and oh. his ticket is for Travis Kelsey to score an anytime touchdown, parlayed with the Chiefs to win the game, and that pays out plus two twenty. So Kelsey anytime touchdown, I want to say was like minus one twenty five. Yeah, I'll look it up while we're talking. But what do you think about that one? I like it a lot. I mean, it, it obviously is is ticking me, tickling me in the nether regions. Uh, but that that's you know I, I have confessed my my bias all along the the way here. That's in the that's strong uh, in, in the running. Who who offered that up to us? That was Santa Claus. Uh, oh, Santa his Claus! Name is, of course, his Twitter handle is at r claus o seven. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's sending this. I can't see where was this sent from. Well, he's he's sending it from the sports book. He actually has a ticket. I don't think that there are any sports books yet in the North Pole. So Not yet. he must have, he must have made his way back south while the elves are working uh, after Christmas <laughs> on his vacation to uh, to hit up a popular sports book here. And one more from from 
a few that I was looking at here. Tyler Beck likes Josh Sweat over 0.75 sacks at plus 110. So what's interesting about this number is that he's going to, Sweat is going to align across from Orlando Brown, who is the weak link of the Chiefs offensive line. And I know Solak was talking a little bit about this one. For those that aren't familiar with the the, the sack betting props and why is it 0.75 and, and what do these numbers mean? So a half a sack often gets awarded. If two guys collaborate on a sack, each one gets a half a sack. If Sweat gets a half a sack, you lose. You could win if he gets two half sacks or he gets one full sack where he gets credit for the entire sack. So they grade out the sacks if you... Uh, 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 crazy and you like to bet on uh, sack props, defensive props, you can look down the stat sheet. They, they grade them out and they give you a half sack or a full sack. So you got to have at least one sack, whether it's two halves or a full for you to win this bet, but that's plus 110. So House, what do you like from the submissions from the betting buddies that's tickling you in your nether regions? Well, I have to give a shout out to Matthew Kohler at Matthew underscore Kohler. He says, drunk house, making an appearance on the Sunday night BS podcast, plus 190. Uh, I I don't think I'm invited. I think uh, for, for that one, Simmons knows better. It's the the year-end rapper with, with the cousin Sal. He'll keep me away. But drunk house will be making an appearance. The NBA is about to get going in earnest. Only 30 games left in that season. And, you know, a random Tuesday night where we're going through the TNT games. Yes, I'll be enjoying beverages. And, yes, I'll be coming on the BS podcast to give yeah. uh, some, some breakdowns on that one. Uh, I do like um, this Boston Scott over seven and a half rushing yards. I do think about, about both uh, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott getting touches. I like Kenneth Gainwell. Um, by the way, I meant to mention this. I've, I've wagered on him getting receptions uh, and, 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 you know, the same kind of thesis for why um, Kansas city is going to play the soft middle of the field. I think the, 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 uh, Eagles might do the same thing, and there might be some receptions in Kenneth Gainwell, Gainwell's future. But this is uh, Mike Lowry at BB underscore Mike underscore Lowry. Bus spots got over seven and a half yards. But let me tell you what. I, I think we need to go with Santa Claus, Sharpie. Uh, I'm just okay. not going to go against Santa. It is uh, the, an all-time bad juju. That's it. It's an all-time confirmation bias play for me. But, like, <laughs> I'm nothing if not consistent. Here we are in week 23. And I'm betting on what I like. So let's let's hook up Santa Claus with something here. Uh, I want to go ahead and pay put put the down payment for for December 25, 2023. Obviously. So we got we got two then. We've got Santa yes. Claus and we've got the Red Ramos. So you both are going to get a nice little prize, a knock on your door, um, and. If either of these hits, you're going to get a shirt from Sharp Football Merch as well of your choosing. So that does it for the Betting Buddy segment. And, and I, we just want to thank you guys for all your submissions all year long. I mean, the, the, the Betting Buddies segment is going on hiatus from the football feed. I don't know if you guys want to wrap something up when you get to the, the, the playoffs for basketball house or anything fun as it relates to that. But I just got to tell you guys, it's it's been a blast having you submit things to us every single week. It's been fun interacting with you, going through it and, and all the winners, getting you guys some stuff and making your day feel a little bit more special. So thanks again for that all year long. I know you love that house. Yeah. And thanks to everybody. You guys uh, are all the best. We love all of the submissions, e even the ones that take Sharpie and I to task and, and put us out in the woodshed. Sometimes we belong out there. <laughs> but th thanks to everybody for, for the listen and, and, and the support all season long. It's been awesome. 
And that'll do it. Thank you guys for listening today. And of course, all season long, the Ringer Gambling Show will return on Monday when Steve Cerruti and Paul Carr share some of their favorite soccer bets. And of course, House, you'll be back with the East Coast Bias guys on Tuesday. Thanks to Joe House for joining me and to Mike Wargon and Steve Cerruti for producing this show. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. Let's have a great Super Bowl 57. 